What's up guys? Welcome back to episode 15 of Beyond the Smokestacks. We are joined by my co-host Christian. What's up Christian? I'm hanging in there as much as I possibly can after that what we saw last night. We got to bring the energy today. Dobby, what's good? I'm not bringing the energy. I'm tired as hell, man. <laughs> what's bad? Is there, is anything bad? <laughs> We'll get to it. We'll we fucking lost last we'll, we'll night. Get, That's what's bad. We'll get to it. And our special guest for episode 15 is none other than Doug Condon. What's up, Doug? Hey, how's it going? Let's all be mad. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I swear the podcast is going to be different than our our uh, our post-game bitch sessions. <laughs> a little bit. It'll be a little bit. It'll be more structured. That was it'll, heated. It'll, it'll be more tamed. It'll be more tamed. And more stru- and more. Stru- I'll make sure that we stay the path and we stay, we stay on topic and we stay structured. Yeah. Yeah, That's- Joe and I got almost got into a bout of uh, Twitter fisticuffs last night because <laughs> certain disagreements. But I love you, Joe. I want everybody to know how much I love you. You're that my was, brother. That, that was awesome. Did you guys, can we discuss the difference between a tap in and like an easy shot versus a hard shot? Because I think that was pretty good yesterday. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we might. Are you trying? Yeah, are, you mean, trying to, are you trying to get my blood pressure back up, Doug? Is that is that is that your sole is that your sole purpose for being oh. here today? Is to get my, is to raise my blood pressure? And you're making me. Bring, you're causing bring, me to drink, Doug. You're causing me to drink. This is your bring. Part. Bring the energy, man. Bring the energy. We need it. Yeah, it's what the people want. <laughs> All right, Doug. Rapid fire questions. Favorite current NYCFC player? You gotta go with Keaton Parks. Big Bird. Even though, even though he's had a poor run of form lately. Even though he gave the ball away a whole bunch of times, and even though he almost cost us uh, even more goals, yes, I think he's been really good in the middle. With Sands, yes. Without Sands, maybe not so much. <laughs> Shut up, source. Be quiet. You don't know anything. <laughs> Favorite all-time NYCFC player? Uh, I think you're gonna have to go Tati. Uh, a close, a close second to Tinnerboom because uh, I felt like I joined the club the same time he did, and uh, he was on fire and he was a great uh, player. But uh, you gotta go Tati. I mean, he's the man. Tati, 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 Golador. <laughs> yep, I, I miss Tati every single day. And I, I miss honestly, that song. Uh, so- <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, man, he was so electric. And you know what the thing is? He was just made to be a star because not only was he just a phenomenal footballer, he, he had the look, he had the charisma. Like you can tell, like he had this weird physical charisma. But he was just—he's not like a huge guy. He's about like your average striker size, you know, probably about a buck fifty, five ten thereabouts. But he just—he looks larger than life when you actually see him because he just—he carries himself in a certain way. I love Tati. He looked kind of rock starish. He did. And he's Argentine. Yeah, yeah, and he's Argentinian, so Davi's impartial. <laughs> all right, third question: favorite all-time kit NYCFC has rocked. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the Gotham kit. I love that dark blue. Really nice. Uh, close second to the Hypno kit, and maybe uh, third place for the the current. Uh, what is it? The Lightning Bolt, the orange one. I love that one too. Fuck. So. So, so, um, so as you, you you've listened to the pod before, Doug. So you know I love the Volt kit. Um, yeah. I love the Hypno kit too. That one was a bit of a polarizing one. I love the Hypno kit. I think it was different. I think it was unique. When I first saw it, I hated. But like after a week, and I, I was looking at, it, I was like, I love this kit so much. I'm gonna buy it. But the Gotham kit, you're kind of on your well, you're not on your own. You got Davi to keep you company. But the Gotham kit, it's those three stripes that they did on the shoulder that year of like the what was it like the 25th anniversary like 20. 25th season yeah, 25, yeah. it, it yeah. was just i i hated that I, I i felt like it just could have been executed better it's not my 
I wouldn't say it's my least favorite kit. That the easiest one of those is the uh, inaugural home kit because it's just a Man City carbon copy. I I can't stand it. Um, but you know, uh, just the go- uh, yeah. I don't... The Gotham kit for me. The problem is the the high collar. The collar like goes up to my fucking earlobes. Like it's just and also like the the, the carbon copy three stripes. Everyone in the fucking league had it. I just I don't understand how you like that kit, man. <laughs> It looks classy. Dark blue looked good. I mean, I hate the light blue Man City ripoff kits. I hate the ones with the white collars to it. It just was a nice color. It looked good. And also, have you guys actually worn an authentic hypno kit before? Yes. Authentic, not a replica, authentic. Yes. It doesn't fit right. It, like the sleeves are short. It just It's not a comfortable jersey to wear. I never had an issue with it. The sleeves are like shorter than every other sleeves I've ever had in an NYCFC kit before. It's like, it's just very... Are you a T-Rex? Am I a T-Rex? Yeah. <laughs> you got a big head and small arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doug. Um, so I, I, I apologize to Sam. I know Sam's listening probably. Um, I forgot to do his origin story, but I want to hear, we want to hear, the listeners, our, our, our two listeners who listen to this podcast, want to hear, how did NYCFC dad find NYCFC? What, what is your origin story? Nobody cares about this origin story, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm a teacher, and one of my former students knows I was mad about football, and he was a season ticket holder from day one. So he invited me to a game, and it was the... Fan appreciation game years ago when they had the paratroopers come in, uh, and they that the three paratroopers came onto the field and the one guy got lost that I was convinced was dead someplace <laughs> by Yankee Stadium. He brought me to that game. We were in the supporter section, and uh, I'm a big Everton fan, so uh, it was kind of cool to to come to see a uh, play. And I remember that I remember the game vividly because we got absolutely smoked. And uh, within like five minutes, we were down a goal, and then we were down two goals and three, and people are cheering, having a great time. And I'm like, these people are cheering, but they got no clue what's going on the field. Because, like, what are you cheering about? Like, we're terrible. But it was a really nice, fun experience that I enjoyed. And then I decided to bring my son uh, for his birthday to a game. And then uh, we went to another game, and then we became season ticket holders, and, like, the rest was kind of history. So I think man, that I'm trying to put them out somewhere. I'm trying to think back. What we didn't get we didn't get crushed at home a lot except for the game which now shall not be mentioned. What what game do we get crushed at home? <laughs> it was New England. It was the fan appreciation against New England, and I, I think, think they had a twenty fifteen, yep. Four nil or something like that. Three nil, four nil. It was like it, was, uh, it was it was bad. Yeah, Davi's encyclopedia Davi over here. You can tell you can give him little little breadcrumbs about something and he'll fucking remember it like right off the top of his dome. It's insane. So, so I was at we, the lo- game. we lost that game 3 1. <laughs> so so it was, I was, it was the last game of the twenty fifteen season. I was at the game with uh with the paratroopers last year and because uh, they did I don't remember before what game it was, but um at Atlanta. I was at the game as well. Yeah, okay. It was it was like one of Tati's last games, right? It was it was like before July fourth. Yeah, so um like I remember, like seeing them come in, and I had heard the stories of the last time they had paratroopers at the stadium, and uh, and like when one of them missed and ended up somewhere. <laughs> I still don't know where that guy is. I hope he's okay. Um, but um, I remember like seeing one of them, and I thought he was gonna miss it, and actually he got it like dead center, but he like slid across the uh, like the the uh, the penalty area closest to the supporters, and you can see like a skid mark for the rest of the game, like where he like just kind of came in just a little bit too hot and i was just like oof if i'm a groundskeeper i'm really pissed right now 
Because the grass is normally pristine or field. Yes, it's yes. It's, it's, it's <laughs> fucking immaculate. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, it's not about yeah. At least it is towards like, at least it is where the actual outfield grass is because, you know, Yankee Stadium has an amazing grounds crew. Unfortunately, obviously the infield, you can only do so much, you know, to root down the sod. But, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. And, but it was pretty cool to see it too. Cause I, cause you know, to see guys like just like fly in and just like kind of like land like, like, like from like just so high up and like usually like off center a little bit. It's like just very impressive how like you can be that precise. One guy landed like dead center of the field and like we like lost our minds. So, like it might as well have scored a goal. So, yeah. I thought I always wanted to start a new supporter uh, supporter group of the Lost Paratroopers. It'd be a great <laughs> logo. There's at least one that's willing to join. Yeah. Well, no, he's dead. They, they totally killed him. So. <laughs> All right, so transitioning to uh, the, the uh, most recent NYCFC game. Do we have to? Match. Do we have to? Uh, Do we have to? A 1-0 away loss to Houston Dynamo, uh, which brings our record on the season to two wins, two losses, and a draw. We are now seventh in the East, although it's early days. Uh, and brings our record on the season to two and zero at home and zero two and one away. Five goals for, six goals against. Not exactly, not exactly the vibes that we've been feeling the past two weeks after our two game home stretch where uh, we've secured a own goal victory and a resound. I wouldn't say resounding victory against DC, but uh, we scored some goals at least. <laughs> um, but uh, how how we uh, t- we are recording on Sunday, so this is the day after. Um, it's in the e- it's in the evening, so we've had a couple hours to kind of decompress and and absorb and kind of formulate uh, level headed opinions. I know our our uh, our post match uh, our post match bitch bitch session gets kind of hot and spicy. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is this is our more level headed and uh, hopefully our reasoning skills have <laughs> have come to the forefront. Uh, how how are we feeling today, guys? Doug, you start. We fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, there's clearly a big difference between playing at Yankee Stadium on a small pitch and playing on a big pitch, and we just look completely inept. I mean, did we get a single shot on goal? Uh, it was it was hor- one shot on goal. Yeah, it was it was horrible to watch that game. It looked terrible. We looked disjointed. We looked dead. It was awful. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with Doug on this one. I think yesterday was just piss poor. Um, I don't want to... So, uh, we, we've talked about it many times in the pod. NYCFC, like, for the most part, like, over the course of, like, the last several seasons, hasn't been a very good road team. We just aren't. However, yesterday, I felt that, like... Because like, Houston wasn't didn't perform well either i we've seen michael allen mention it on twitter we've seen a few other people mention it on twitter it was a piss poor game to watch uh across the board for pretty much everybody and i and i would say that houston was just as bad if not worse than we were um however i do think a large part of that can be attributed to dropping james sands into the center back position even though i don't think he performed bad per se at center back, I think he asserted himself quite well. He's a very good defensive player, so naturally he's going to be good there. Unfortunately, without him in the midfield, I felt like we were not very organized. We didn't progress the ball well from the middle of the park. Uh, Alfredo 
I don't want to pick on him because Alfredo is a, you know, he's he's performed very, very well for us in the past and has been pretty sure-handed and reliable when healthy. Since, since the season started, though, and his few appearances that he's made off the bench and his first start of the season yesterday, he looks low. His progressive passing isn't good at all. He's not good at breaking the lines. He looks like a player in his mid-30s. And unfortunately, you know, he is getting older by midfielder standards, especially a player who in this system is going to have to work pretty hard to clean up the mess, uh, something that James Sands is very, very adept at. He just he just looked a step behind. I don't want to. I don't want to single him out because we all played collectively poorly. I think Barraza had a stinker in net yesterday. I think he looked bad, even though he only gave up the one goal. His distribution was fucking horrid. That's the only way I can describe it. Uh, our attack looked disjointed. I have no idea what shape we were in. Obviously, Nick Cushing has used the four-three-three almost exclusively this season. Joe, you mentioned that uh, one of the apps said that they were at a 4-4-2 yesterday. And I just, I, I don't understand what that was. Nobody looked good. Keaton Parks put in a, he was bad. He even blocked his own, uh, like one of our own crosses yesterday. He was just, he just couldn't, find, he turned the ball over on the play that led to the penalty, which we'll talk about later because I have very strong opinions on that, which have not changed in the uh, near 24 hours since that game first started. And no, just a very overall piss poor performance. Uh, we deserve to lose. I don't necessarily think that Houston deserved to win, but if there was ever an option for both teams to be awarded no points and may God have mercy on all of their collective souls, I think yesterday would have been a perfect time to give that a try. Uh, piss poor, not good, no uh, silver linings outside of James Sands playing decently at center back, but still below the level that he usually plays at defensive mid. And yeah, that's about all I have to say about the complete performance as far as yeah, as far as that's concerned. Davi, you ready to spit that fire venom right now? Oh, boy. Pushing out. Simple that's as it. that. Pushing out. <laughs> but, Fucking shit, coach. But, okay, listen. If, 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 you feel, if you feel bad about sending him to England swimming, just... Buy him a buy him a red kayak and he can kayak his way back to fucking Manchester. Okay. Get him the fuck out of my club. All right, so Dobby, okay, if we're gonna bring up Cushing out and like criticize Cushing, can I engage you for a second? Will you indulge me for one no, second? Because I let you I let you speak. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just okay. Kidding. So, so here's the thing. So we were in the Twitter space last night and we both got into a very heated argument with Joe, who considers last season a failure. I think considering given the context of last, which was season, far from it, by the way. Yeah. It's, Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, last, uh, last season was a failure, wasn't it? I don't, I don't agree. I think we, we lost our goal, uh, our golden boot uh, winning striker. We lost our MLS Cup winning head coach. And despite the fact that we had a dip in form once the uh, once Nick Cushing took over and Tati had left, he, he recovered by making an adjustment, a tactical adjustment, and led us within one game of an MLS Cup final in the Eastern Conference final. Where for 65 minutes we were the better team, bar none. So I would say that that is a successful season by standards. Also, we were mentioning there hasn't been a back-to-back -back winner in MLS since 2012. That's MLS 1.0. The league it's 11 is, years. Yeah, the league is not built to for a team to repeat. It's it's deliberately built for parity, unpredictability, parody, yeah. and in, entertainment value. 
the it, it's not built to to see like any teams like what what like go on a dynasty like we saw Manchester United do in the past or like we've been seeing Manchester City do recently. It's n- it's not made for that. So the fact that we still, despite that, came within one game of a second straight MLS Cup final appearance, I think that's successful. And to your point, Dottie, well, in counter to your point, rather. So this is still early days. This team is not complete. We had a huge amount of roster turnover, but we've still been, for the most part, pretty competitive. We're 2-1-2 and on the season. Two wins, one draw, two, uh, two losses, obviously. And all of our losses have come on the road, uh, which is not out of the ordinary for this club it's pretty on brand we've we've dominated in both home games we didn't score as much as we should have against miami but it was mostly a complete performance and was more so down to us not finishing our chances in the box uh dc united was the complete opposite we finished our chances in the box but for some reason we lacked on set piece defending i would say that nick cushing overall has done a pretty good job with the club so i can't though the one issue i have with with him we mentioned this before the pod started is his in-game management he's good at developing a plan he's not good at developing a backup plan and his substitution patterns piss me off like what would you say to that Dobby? fair but i mean the the the, the plan failed from the start anyway we, we like just like piss poor throughout the whole 90 yesterday we how much our, do you our, think that- our, our first shot on target was in the 97th fucking minute I agree with you. It was a piss poor performance yesterday. But how much do you think that could be boiled down to James Sands not being in the midfield and not having like that 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 rock in the midfield who is capable of progressing the play? Well, Don't that, you that, think that, that falls that, that falls on the coach for putting him there? But the thing is, who else were you going to put there? Alfredo Morales, Tony Alfaro. Alfaro you could put Alfaro you, there. You talked so much shit about Tony Alfaro before the game. I know, but I you mean, I was, I was expecting him to come in, but. He just—I would—I would have much rather had Alfaro out there than James Sands at center back. I mean, just just for that midfield stability. Okay, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna log that one in the brain. I'm gonna keep a mental note of that one. The next time they actually start Alfaro and he shits up and he sh- and he takes a shit on on the pitch, and you say they shouldn't have put Alfaro in there. I'm keeping a mental note, Dobby. I My will say it. so. It, it, yeah. It, 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 Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps Keaton would have played better if 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 he had Sands at that six because it's it, Keaton's Keaton's partially at fault for that penalty kick, which which honestly that's it's never a fucking penalty. I mean, to begin with, come on, what the fuck are you guys doing? Pro pro will probably ruin the game. That's why P P R O pro probably ruined the game. Yeah, so that's that's basically the that's that's the acronym right there. Um, I think that congratulations, I think it, pro. You love it, fucking, it, you love fucking us over in the ass. It'd be more suited. P R O probably ruined outcome. Since game begins with a G and pro, yeah, probably it's not an outcome. That's better. <laughs> that's, that's better. I don't, I don't give a fuck at this point. You got I'm a teacher fucking... in here, and you're misusing the word acronym. You little shit. <laughs> we'll say the, the, their, ac- their acronym is like professional referee, like organization. Organization. Yes. Fucking no. Well, that's yeah. that's the acronym, but it's not like probably going to ruin the game. That's not an acronym. That's just a play. Yeah, I know. So, I, so I just put the acronym in front of probably will ruin the game. So. <laughs> As a part of probably, D- Doug, do you agree with Davi in uh, his assessment of Cushing, or do you agree with my assessment? I, I think it's impossible to judge Cushing. I mean, last year, we, we have this great team, and then uh, Ronnie D leaves and Tati leaves, and just as things look like shit, we have so many injuries, and he's kind of scrambling. 
and then things kind of come together again and we go on this run and i do feel like we underachieved i, I wanted to go back to the finals i, I kind of think some of the management there was a bit maybe sus suspicious like um, like making a sub and a stoppage on a set piece play that leads to the fucking equalizing goal yeah that could be like a problem and then this season now we've had unprecedented roster turnover and they're still signing players and bringing people in as we're going and like i think some of the players that left like maxi we don't even understand how much like it's killed this team and set us back like all well, that well, by the way david lee said he planned to have maxi this year but maxi wanted to leave yeah so i think it's hard to judge cushing because the team is like such such a mess so i don't even know if he's good or bad because we just haven't had enough of a sample size with the actual team I don't even know how he wants to play. I don't know what his player is to bring in. Where I felt like other managers, we knew the style more. It's just kind of like a, a leftover group, and I think it makes it hard. He can also still have his Dome Torrent re redemption arc too, because remember when Dome came in, he tanked the club into oblivion in 2018, and in, in the beginning of 2019, things didn't look good either. As a matter of fact, we were winless through our like what our first however many games and then all of a sudden next seven games something like that and then he went on a tear and honestly 2019 regular season is our best regular in which season. in which may may i add may i add we only lost one game throughout that whole stretch we it's we weren't losing games we were drawing them yeah but, but the thing is we weren't we were drawing against very poor teams we weren't playing well at, like at all like like under domain towards the end of 2019 we weren't playing well do not we had we had a we had a respectable draw against LAFC, but we should have won that game if Ben Sweat didn't give away a fucking penalty. Okay, but Dobby, do not pretend that overall Domi was performing well in his first six months or so on the job. You cannot well, tell he, me well, that. He, 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 clearly, he clearly didn't. Yes, exactly. But then I'm not again, fucking blind. He was fucking and, ass for that six months. And statistically, he was worse over that six-month stretch than Cushing has been since he took over the club. And Dome had that huge resurgence after the Minnesota United 3-3 draw. And when the the team went on a complete tear and was competing for a supporter shield, finished first in the East and what still remains to this day, our best statistical regular season. In my opinion, we were the front runners to win that cup lap that year. And which and that, that, that should have been the first star above our badge right there. And then we shot Marita ourselves. Didn't exist. And then we shot ourselves in the foot. And then Dome left because he had a problem with Claudio Reyna. Considering Claudio Reyna's recent uh, exploits, we can see that he's probably not the fucking coolest guy in the world and probably yeah, a very yeah, difficult yeah. person to work with. Fuck that guy. Fuck and, that guy. And, 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 and here's the first time where I have to kind of redirect us back to the topic at hand, talking about the Houston game. Oh, fuck. We have to talk about that? Let him finish. Let him finish. Let him finish. Yeah. And... Uh, and we still have to give him time to do that. We have to give him his chance to do that. Yeah, right or wrong? He's going to be the coach for the entire season. We should get used to that right now, even if he tanks I, I, it. I've, into the I, I, I've, I've seen six months of this fucking bullshit. He, got, he probably got lucky with that fucking formation change six anyway. Six months Dome had in his first six months. That's all I'm going to say. Do you dislike he, Dome? He, he, Were you Dome out? Yes. <laughs> I've been every single coach out except for Vieira, I think. <laughs> all right, so... um. In Christ, I looking think, maybe. looking at our fur um the first half um we had our two highest um xg moments they were uh, slightly above 0.1 which is not that great um the first half was a bit of a snooze fest um we really didn't ge generate much outside of these i don't even remember what these two opportunities were where we had over, was over 0.1 was that was that was that uh was that santi missing the first half or the second half second 
That was in the second, second half. half. So I, I can't remember what what good opportunity, what, what decent opportunities we had in the first half that would that would have given us over yeah. a point one None. xg. Not to be honest, absolutely so there was, nothing. There was one shot that Santi had outside the box, and there was one ball that was delivered into the middle that that Talish tried to like put a shot on, but it got blocked in front of the uh, in front of the net. Both of these moments were in be- were after the thirty minute mark before halftime. That um, sounds about right. Yeah, so um, halftime going in nil-nil. Um, a lot of us in the halftime space said, like, is it like we look like shit? They look like shit. Is this game going to end up nil-nil? Like, is it going to be a 0-0 draw? Um, and then we come out in the second half, and um, before their PK, um, they didn't really, like, in that first uh, first 15 minutes, 20 minutes after, after halftime, uh, they didn't really provide, do anything until the penalty. Um, I know you guys have very strong feelings about the penalty, um, and I have, um, I have adverse feelings to that of that to that of you guys. Opposite feelings. I, I do believe that there was enough in the foul um, that of Tavon Gray to award a penalty. Um, I, I in in full in full speed before they even went back and reviewed it. I was like, I was like, that's a fucking PK. Like Tavon lifted his right leg up two times, clipped the back of Ferrer's leg. Yes, is it like did he sw- did he leg sweep him like in wrestling? No. But like in the by the letter of the rule in the book, like he made contact with his leg and like it's a foul. Um, Doug, what do you think about this one? I want to I want to get Doug's opinion on the penalty. Never a foul. I didn't think it was a penalty. I mean, in real time, it didn't look like a penalty. I honestly thought it looked more like the player was tripping over the ball was under his feet and he's trying to bring the ball out and he's off balance and he feels contact on the top of his boot and then he just flops and rolls over with it. I think the non-call was correct, but as soon as they go to VAR and you see it at the optimal angle and it's slowed down and they replay it four times, of course it's going to be a penalty. I mean, as soon as they go to VAR, how often do they not call it a penalty? So I, I, I wouldn't, I didn't think it was a penalty. No, I thought he made a meal of just tripping over. Well, I mean, it's it's rat face Herrera. That's what he does. That's basically his fucking mo. Anybody who's yeah, a fan of every United every fucking Mexican player dives. It's, every, it's, it's as simple as that. Anybody who's anybody who's a fan of the United States national team is very familiar with Mexico. Uh, Herrera is a habitual line stepper who goes two footed into goalkeeper's chest, but also can't fucking uh, the slightest gust of wind knocks him over. I feel like and. It's 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 what like I, I'm sorry like what he does is Tavon lifts his right leg and basically taps his shin pad. It's basically a, a, a love tap. It's not a foul anywhere in the pitch, much less in the box. It's not a foul. It, Herrera was looking for it. Even that one should, of the com- should have been a for simulation. He, even one of the co- even one of the commentators said that he makes a meal out of it. Like and it, it's not yeah. a penalty. Like like in my it it's it, it's 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 hardly any contact because like. You can see, like, like when T- Tavon lifts his boot, there the, you can usually tell when there's at least like some kind of at least somewhat forceful contact. I'm surprised that Herrera even felt it, but honestly, because you couldn't see any ripple effect. You couldn't see his leg get displaced because of it. It it looked like a flop, even in slow motion. Uh, like it, even in slow motion, I thought made it look worse. I'm like, you're not actually going to look at this replay and say that that's more, an actual. More they played it. The, the the less and less it looked like a penalty. I, I I was saying to myself, you're not actually going to call this a penalty, right? Like like, like th- th- this is fucking ridiculous. Like th- this should be a it's, yellow. It's it's, it's pro. It's MLS. It's the referees working it, it, against us. It's only simulation. If there's no contact. It's simulation if you flop and you. It's only that simulation if there's no contact. Joe, I'm gonna disagree. Uh, <laughs> I, that is blatant simulation. Blatant. Now listen, there's good simulation. 
there's a way to flop and do it. Neymar does it all the time. People criticize Neymar for flopping. He's one of the best players in the world. Uh, of his Time out, Davi. He's one of the best players of his generation for a reason. He's great at drawing fouls and drawing contact. And also, he's great at simulating contact and drawing set pieces. It's it's no, a Andres, skill. Andres Jason with advanced dribbling and skill, pretty much. It, 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 stop. Don't ever say Jason and Neymar's <laughs> name in the same sentence. If you ever do that again, I'm leaving this podcast. Anyway, moving on. Um, no, it, it's there's a. It wasn't even a good flop. It wasn't even a good flop. It was bad. It looked piss poor. It looked amateur. That's not a penalty. It's it's not it's not even a foul on anywhere in the pitch. If that happened at the center circle, I would be saying the same thing. It's not a foul. I think if, if we were awarded this same penalty on the other side of the pitch, I think that we're singing a different tune. No, no, see, no, here's the thing. I think, and this is coming from somebody who thinks the threshold for a foul in in the box is too much. I think there's a lot of situations where a foul that would be called if it was in the middle of the park isn't called in the box just because it's so dire. The, the consequences are so dire. You 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 basically have to commit a very blatant yellow card worthy foul in the box in order to even get a penalty call in the middle of the park. I've seen guys that just get bumped into be called for a foul. Uh, I think the threshold is too high for a foul um, in the box. That being said, that is not a foul anywhere. It's not. It's just not. Um, you cannot move me off of this position. It's a terrible. It's a terrible call. It, 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 and also, shame on the VAR for even suggested that it needed a look. I didn't think it was a foul in real time. I thought I thought Herrera was on brand, doing his thing, making a meal of it, and then acting like a like the bitch made fucking midfielder that he is, who was never more than an average player anywhere he's ever been to. Sit on it and twirl, Herrera. Go fuck yourself. Um, and and also, and it's it's just it's it's not a foul. And I thought that was very unfair. I thought it was very harsh. And it changed the game. We lost the game for it. Now, did I think that we deserved to win that game or even collect a point? No. But at the same time, you know, the game has to be called down the middle. And overall, I don't think the referee had a necessarily bad game yesterday. But on that particular call, awful. And you can't change my mind on it. I'm not I'm not going to entertain the conversation. I think Houston, it's, I think Houston deserved to win the match yesterday. They, cre- they created they, they, they created more opportunities no than we did. Deserved, they created they did. more Not opportunities even... than we did. They had a, a shot ring off the crossbar. We didn't get a shot until the 90th minute, and it was from our fucking right back. They deserved to win the match. Santi missed an open net. Missed. What about that? Team? Missed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but the guy missed the shot against no, the crossbar. No, it hit the crossbar. At least that's closer than just straight up missing. It's just straight up missing. At least it was on frame. False. This is this is cap, and you know why it's cap because Santi was by himself at the top of the box. All he had to do was roll the ball into the direction of the box. There was no resistance. Well, he had a lot. He had a lot. All he has, the goalkeeper was in the way. Even so, he tried to curl it in for some fucking unknown reason. That's a fucking layup. That's a layup. Yeah. That should have been in. Yeah. That's it. just as quality as the chances they had to it. hit the crossbar. I thought that. I thought overall the game was pretty even. That both teams looked equally as piss poor. Davi, what do you think about the penalty? Fucking okay, piss. If you're going to fuck me, buy me dinner at least. If you're going to fuck me, buy me fucking dinner, man. Holy fuck. That is no way. As 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 soon as they called the penalty, I knew they would have scored. And and as soon as as soon as soon I saw that ball going in the net, I knew we were going to lose 1-0. I fucking knew it. I, 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 I was watching the game with my dad. And and I was like, uh, and I turned to him like, that's it. We lost the game. We're going to lose 1-0 now. We're going to lose 1-0 because we look piss poor. Houston was piss poor as well. They created a few more chances than us. Yeah, sure, they hit the crossbar, but what? What? 
They, they, they got one penalty kick. One lucky-ass penalty kick because the referee's eyes are clearly just for fucking decoration and calls a fucking soft-ass penalty kick, which isn't being called anywhere else in the world. And, and, if, it, and if it wasn't... Get, if it, it, it's only called because it was against us. That's the only reason why. Because they have an agenda against us. They have an agenda against our style of play. They have an agenda of where we play at. Uh, as our home games at, okay, at a baseball I stadium. Get, I don't want to get into no, conspiracy no, territory. No, no, it's clear. No, it's clear. It's clear. It's not clear because no, 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 we won no, 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 an MLS speak, Cup championship, Dobby. Yeah, listen. Here's the let me thing. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me talk. 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 Let me finish. Okay. How am I capping? How? How? The more beautiful soccer you have in this league, the more times you're going to get fucked by the ref. Okay, so because why apply maliciousness where um what's the word I'm looking for where um incompetence? Yes, exactly. Where incompetence will do. That, 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 that's one of my favorite quotes. Don't apply because, malicious contempt because it's endless lesson. They have an agenda against us. No, Davi, you don't understand. Every team in the league complains about pro. It's not just us. It's not like everybody in the world thinks that pro is this amazing referee organization that calls it completely down the middle and calls it completely as it is, and we're the outliers. Everybody complains about this organization. It's not it's not a conspiracy. It's just them being incompetent and being inconsistent. And 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 the rule's not I don't even know what the fuck a handball is anymore. I don't. All right, so, right or wrong. <laughs> let, let Davi, I rest my case. Let Davi stew. Um so now I want to move on. So uh, obviously I, I was I mean I was mad that we conceded the 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 the, the penalty kick. But then I was I was my my anger went to frustration very quickly at um, the immaturity and petulance of, of Santiago Rodriguez after the penalty kick was called. Um, it, it's just it's yellow for dissent. Yeah, I mean he gets the yellow for dissent, but he gets the yellow for dissent because he's just like just going at the referee. Like I'm sorry, in the history of soccer, when has a referee ever magically? decided well you know what this guy is coming at me really hard and, and cursing at me in spanish you know what let me let me just change my fucking mind right now and and just like take away the penalty like so like what what is what is he going to achieve by going at the referee hard as shit the way that he did like just following him around the, the, the top of the 18 yard box while the referee's trying to get the ball and get the penalty kick set and then he gets a yellow card because then now the rest the, the rest of the match he can't go into a tackle he can't do anything because he's on a yellow, and this this goes back to the fact that like th throughout Santi's tenure with NYCFC, he's he's like a yellow card machine, and like he's it's going to lead to him having to sit out periodically to serve yellow card suspensions because he's like a walking yellow card a game. So like this was you know this what, was least... the utmost stupid fucking yellow card you can get just barking at the referee like he's going to change his mind. Well, I guess to to kind of put something like. I, I don't know if you can call it a positive, but I guess, I guess we got Ledesma. It, 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 when, when it does come to... It's 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 inevitable. Santi will get a suspension because of too many yellow cards. It, it's going to be inevitable. I mean, hey, I mean, hell, in the offseason, he, he, he scored a goal in Uruguay and then got sent off the 98th fucking minute. Yeah, so I mean, at some point, it, I mean, you need, at to, least we got you need to grow up a little bit, right? Game. You got to grow up. Okay, so here's the thing. 99% of the time, I'd agree with you. Descent is a needless yellow card. That was a bad call, and that referee should feel bad for making that call but were they going to overturn it by santi going after no, no. but say your piece though so he knows that he's dumb 
I don't know. But then again, I'm a hothead, so I'm a hothead too. So my I, thoughts I, I, I on relate. my thoughts on yellow cards are: you better fucking earn that yellow card. You better go studs up into someone's fucking shin and break their leg and be borderline red card, like that far away from being a red card. You better earn your yellow card. So, so, so like Bobby King type tackle. Okay, okay. So that's easy for us to say because we're we're on the armchair. We're watching this game from home. He's on the field in the competitive spirit, in the in the heat of the moment. And sometimes shit just happens, and sometimes you get pissed off. It just happens. These guys are playing. They're, they're not being paid. They're, they're being paid to play the game, and and their performance and and their existence, their career is based on how well they play the game and collecting results. If you have something that's negatively impacting results, such as giving a penalty kick away, something that I stand by, that was not a penalty kick. Yeah, you're gonna get heated, and sometimes you're gonna get carried away. Is what is it right? No. Is it understandable? I mean, but here in the heat of the moment, I've done worse. Here's where the categorical failure is, though. The captain of the team is supposed to fucking step in and pull him away before he gets the yellow card. So, yes, this the, the yellow card is Santi's fault. But guess whose else's fault it is? Tiago Martins for not fucking doing anything and pulling Santi away from the referee so he doesn't get a yellow card in that moment. I, mean, I, I agree. If that was Alex Ring, it, it, if Alex Ring was still here and you're still captain, he's pulling Santiago well, yeah, Rodriguez to a side and talking to him. Yellow card for him. Yeah. Yeah, Doug, what do you think? Yeah. Well, I think for one, you think of last season, how many times Maxi and Santi were on the field arguing with each other. Maxi being one of the smarter players that I've ever seen versus one of the dumber. I mean, Santi's a hothead and he's he's all like muscle and energy, but he's not smart. I mean, like in, in that kind of context to argue, I agree. It just needs this. And as far as pulling it away, it's it's, it's, I, it's essentially the, the calm, cool, collected veteran and the and the wild young young prospect, basically. I don't see Martins being that kind of captain. I mean, to be honest, if Cheneau was there, Cheneau would have gotten in his face and told him to piss off. Who else? We don't even really have a captain at this point. Like, we've got this rotating armband thing. I don't even know what the hell that is either. But I, I don't see Martins as being that vocal guy to tell Santi to back down. It's I mean, not I, him. I mean, I mean Ch 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 Cheneau wasn't even, like, like formally announced as captain. He just has the armband. No, there, there's a leadership committee. That's what, that's what, yeah, that's what Cushing calls it, a leadership committee. Those committees work really well, always. Like, yeah. <laughs> committee, committee my ass, man. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. All right, so I'm um, looking at the passing network. Um, uh, I know uh, Buckley is a, a former uh, guest of the pod, um, and he is kind of, uh, when we kind of had this bullshit going on, he, he's kind of dubbed us uh, Backpass FC. Um, because if you look at the thickness of the lines between Barasa, Kufre, Tiago Martins, James Sands and Tavon Gray, the lines are fucking, like when I tell you that they're this thick because that's the frequency at which the ball has been passed between those players this match. I mean, you're not you're not going to score a lot of goals swinging the ball left, right, back, back, and sideways. You're not, that's, that's not, that's not how you're going to score goals. It's every time we broke. Every time we broke, we finally get through the press, we get over the half, and then we stagnate, we pass it back, Houston reset up their defense, and then we had nothing going forward again. Every time. And then uh, this is the uh, second iteration of uh, Pereira Island. Uh, Gabi is just on the right side, just by himself, while uh, while uh, Santiago and Pellegrini and Talis Magno's average positions are clustered off to the left because they all like to drift off to the left. And Pereira is just out there in no man's land, out off to the side by himself. Um, he's been he's been essentially non-existent, non-factor for going on. Two and a half, three matches now? Am I, am I, am I wrong in it's, saying it's been, that? It's been three games in a row. He hasn't showed up since Chicago. Three matches? He's yep. been non-existent, non-factor? Um, 
I mean, something has to change because we all we we were all pretty on board with the fact that yeah, everyone's talking a big game about Talis Magno being our nine and being our most expensive player and being the most high ceiling MLS player. And we're all like, you guys are talking a lot about Talis Magno and not and not enough about Gabi Pereira because Gabi Pereira is going to carry this fucking team because he's got he's got the juice, he's got the it factor, he's got the ability. Um, but now through three games, he's been freaking ghost. He's been the worst player on the pitch as far as the attack is concerned. Well, if I'm being honest, I don't think either Talis Magno or Gabi Pereira deserves to be hyped up at the moment. Say, but here's the thing. Gabi Pereira has been objectively worse than Talis Magno over the last three games. Objectively. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Agreed. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, so now this is the... Uh, I, wish I wish I had it in front of me, but I wish I did the research. But how, how many matches in a row now has Gabi, Gabi Pereira been the first player subbed off the field? Three matches in a row. I think that's three. I three matches in a row. Yeah. Gabi Pereira is the first player subbed off the field. Um, yeah. I, I mean, looking at the starting lineup, if, if, if we had to do some predictions, I, I would not say that Gabi should be the first player getting subbed off. Um, especially right. because Matias Pellegrini looked like he was absolutely gassed at like the 35th minute before half. So I, so I agree with the, so I agree with him being taken off first during both home games, 100%. But yesterday, I didn't think he was the worst attacker. He was a little bit ghost, but we were just struggling to get the ball to him. I thought Matias Pellegrini was by far the weakest link and the one who should come off. I thought the right thing to do at that point would have been to put Sansi on the left, have him play inverted on the left, and put Ledesma at the 10. I think that would have been the right thing. Or even experiment with throwing Santi and that like false nine roll and then throwing Talos on the left because he, he just plays better when he's on the left. Uh, I mean, but then again, Talos is also coming off the game in which he scored a goal. So it's hard to tell that guy get the fuck out of the box because, you know, he, he was the quote-unquote hot hand. I don't want to say hot hand because he's only scored in one game. But, I mean, at the same time, I thought the weak link, yes. I don't even know what kind of blackmail Matias Pellegrini has on Nick Cushing to where he's getting these long 80-plus-minute shifts, especially when you got guys like Tiago on the bench who are ready to break the game by the 75th minute. Um, I think Pellegrini on for... 85 minutes at a time is 15 minutes too long personally uh he doesn't seem to have a gas tank um and we haven't gotten to him yet i also don't like kufre i don't like him i don't think he's good maybe I'm pellegrini works hard he works so hard so did Roddy a little engine that could <laughs> are, 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 are we talking about pellegrini or, or jesus medina what pellegrini what, works hard <laughs> What's the what's the line from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? So do washing machines. Yeah, like it's like yeah. <laughs> eventually, it comes time for it to just like you know be put out to pasture. You know the the, the amount of shit Christian gives Kufre is the amount of shit I give Cushing. But well, but for so, me, Cushing like yeah, times a hundred. The actual, but I mean, yeah, I mean, they, it might be an unreasonable thing. It might maybe it's just me, but I look at him right now and him starting right out of the gate from the time that he came to the team. Has he offered anything more than Kevin O'Toole or even Melda Amundsen? Has he offered us anything else? He has an assist. What does he offer? He has an assist. I mean, not really, other than him being I'm a natural. Sure O'Toole has one too. No. Does O'Toole not have an assist? Nope. No, he doesn't. No. Okay. Even so, I'd still take O'Toole. I think I mean, O'Toole, O'Toole, O'Toole has O'Toole has no statistics in any match he's ever played for okay. NYCFC. Amundsen has goals and assists. Why not just play him then? Amundsen he, has goals and assists over the course of many, favorite. many matches. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I would venture, I, I would venture out to say that um, Amundsen's production was directly okay. correlated to the my, players around him. My, my question is this: Did Kufre deserve to start from day one? 
or should he have? Or I thought he, I felt he should have had to earn a spot. No, when you're coming to M- I, when you're coming I, I, to MLS, I, I agree with you there, when Chris. you're coming to MLS from um, from La Liga, you have a uh, you tend to have a leg up because you're playing in a more competitive league. But he, but he wasn't playing for a good team. Mallorca is awesome. still La Liga, and it's it's, it's still a top that's, that's, five that's league pe- in the world. That's pedigree. It's I mean he's coming from he's, if he's La Liga level, then he then he's better than what we have. I don't agree with that, and I and for this reason alone, I think every single spot. I don't care what you've done before for the team. Uh, you have to earn your spot. Like I don't like. I still don't think Pirlo should have. Like I don't. I don't think Pirlo was the right pickup just because he's accomplished so much over the course of his entire career. Does that mean that he was right for that team? And does not mean he was right for that role. But I don't think Kufre right now. I don't think Kufre offers us anything more than the two options behind him. I don't think he's been impressive. I actually think he's kind of brain dead, Loki. The only the 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 only thing that Kufre offers is that he's he's an actual like natural left back. That that's, that's I'm a, telling you right now, they would have rescinded his loan if he was if he came here and sat behind a second round fucking draft pick, or behind a, 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 a Danish rent a random Danish player. They would have rescinded his loan. He came here to start. Okay. A, a, a failed Danish left back here as well. Okay, listen, uh, listen. Even if that was the term, terms and condition of the loan, in that case, I think it's a bad deal. I don't think anybody should be guaranteed any kind of playing time. Every playing time, this is this is a game. This is a competition. It's a meritocracy. You're all, you should only be in the lineup if you actually have contributed and are contributing consistently. Kufre, outside of the one assist, is he looked bad in that game. Outside of the assist, he was bad in that game. He gets put on skates every single time. When he's on defense, I've never seen him make a good defensive stop at all. And that's his primary job as a fullback. Your first and foremost job should be to defend as a fullback. Defensive position. And he gets put on, he can't even do that. And now I see why Mallorca doesn't want him. I mean, that's, that's why That's why he picks silly yellows like almost every game. He, he, every single game, he gets put on skates. He is not a good defensive player. I mean, his and ratings, are, silly his ratings well. are good. As far as what? His ratings, like uh, against Nashville, okay, six point five, not good. That was just that was the first game of the season. But then seven one, seven seven, seven one, and then yeah, he had a, a seven one against Chicago. They gave him a seven one against Chicago. Yeah, seven one. That's I disagree, but I, I, Condon, what do you think about Kufre? I don't think he's. I don't think he's the problem. I, I think I don't he's think been, he's the problem I, either. To be fair, I just want to put that out before. I don't think he's the problem either. I think he's a problem. I think having three left backs doesn't make much sense, but like. I don't see him as being the point uh, of the problem. I mean, the, the week before, they were attacking Tavon like crazy because uh, Gabby Pereira wasn't coming back, so they switched Pellegrini over to help provide more cover. Um, I thought Tavon was getting much more uh, when we were home last time. I mean, I don't see Kufre's really being an issue. He's not providing a whole lot necessarily going forward. Nothing's going forward. I, I, think, I think that's the issue. I think it's more the midfield forward than him. I, I don't really see much blame on him. That's fair. Uh, and and I've, I've mentioned that it, it's very possible that I'm just... The thing is, I just don't like the way we're playing right now. And I haven't seen him look good over the course of a full 90 minutes yet. And, well, and well, I if, we're not, if we're not playing well, that falls on the manager. Uh, yes, but the manager is also... like He's also responsible for making changes. I mean, that doesn't mean I can't evaluate individual performances across the pitch. Fair, fair, but still, that falls back on the manager. Uh, but once again, that doesn't... I'm going to repeat it. That doesn't mean I can't evaluate individual performances across the pitch. We do it all the time. It's part of the punditry, like when we watch the game. You have to end up, yes, the coach deserves like scrutiny, but so do the players. Like, 
It's like, like, can you blame a coach if you draw nil-nil or lose 2-0 and you have 10 clear-cut chances and your striker misses all of them? No. Can he, is that a coaching that, that, problem? That, that falls on whoever the striker is. Exactly. So individual performances are a huge part. I think the coach, honestly, is a little bit overstated. I think uh, obviously they share an equal amount of responsibility, but also people have to step up too. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the co- coaching can be fall, fall more back on like uh, set pieces, stuff like that, because that's something they need to be working on in training. The players need to have. Oh, yeah, oh to- yet again, there's 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 another thing. The set pieces have been fucking, especially defending. They've been piss poor this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, so go, um, just briefly going back to Gabby Pereira. I mean, I think th- one of the reasons why he has a little bit of a higher rating against uh, DC was because he had the assist on the uh, on the on the Santi goal. Uh, he he's. Uh, GP is the, the one who, who sprung him down the, down the line. Um, but, you, I mean, this was by far his worst game of the season. He had a 6.0 rating. Um, against against Inter-Miami with the 1-0 own goal, he had a 6.9, which is, like, not great but not not, not awful. Uh, against Chicago, the 1-1 draw, he scored the goal, so he had an 8.0. And then the 2-0 loss, he had a 7.1. So, I mean, this by, this was by far, like, his worst game. And, and I think it's it has a lot to do with the fact that he's out there on an island by himself. And I think if you if you go back and look at the games that other than uh, other than um, the DC United game because uh, uh, Gray played, I think that I think that uh, that GP is going to do better with uh, with Micha uh, playing at right back because Micha has at least some semblance of an attacking prowess and can make overlapping runs to kind of pull pressure off of him because if if a right back is making an overlapping run, it, it pulls that it pulls the opposing opposing left back away so now gp has some time to cook but he's just not even getting the ball right now because like tavon gray is just staying back for the most part he does he's not getting forward um i feel like tavon's been held back because i mean he was trying the last two seasons you could see him going forward and trying to develop his crossing and develop his attack i feel like now he's under strict orders basically just punt the ball up and don't even try did you guys see I mean, no sense of it i forget what minute it was in the game but Tavon attempted a cross in this this match last night and it was like the worst cross i've ever seen like it went to like nobody it went to the defense and they headed it right away right out it was just another average Tavon cross but but I, but I mentioned it on I don't remember if it was the last part or one of the episodes before that. Can we stop pretending like Gabby Pereira didn't play with Tavon Gray for ninety percent of the time he was here last season? And did he have a bad season then? Tanner Holm was hurt for most of last season. That didn't stop GP from cooking last season. Yeah, so I don't want to blame it on Tavon either. I think this is ball. a tactical. I think this is a tactical issue. I don't think it's necessarily a Tavon issue. I think I agree with Doug. I think Tavon's been given explicit orders to stay back and just defend. And kind of like do this pseudo back three thing, but not really. And 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 yeah, I think that's what's hurting him because you, all the attacks are coming down the left side. None of the attacks are coming down the right side. At least if Tavon has the freedom to go forward, at least move forward, you can get an they're attack. Giving Ma- going they're giving Mati and Kufre the, the the bulk of the of the of the all, responsibility. All the attacks are coming from the left side of the pitch this year. Which is one of the reasons why I've been so extreme on Kufre, because I'm seeing him so much, and I'm not seeing enough of attack on the right side. We have barely seen any attacks go down the right side. This is a tactical issue. It's not a Tavon issue. Because like I said before, GP was cooking last year, arguably our best player, and Tavon was playing with him most of the time. And even when Tinnerholm came back, let's not pretend that Tinnerholm was his old self once he came back from that injury. But, he wasn't. But when 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 he came when, when Tinnerholm came back, he was far better offensively than anything Gray has ever done. Even better offensively, 
Yeah. He's a better player than Tavon Gray. I'm not going to argue that Anton Tinnerholm is equal to Tavon Gray or worse. I'm not going to make that argument. <clears throat> Excuse me. But what, uh, the argument I am going to make is let's not blame it on Tavon that GP's not performing well. I don't. Th I think it's, that's unfair. It's contributing. It contributes to I it. Think, I, I think. I think as no, well. I, I think, think that, it's even that, contributing because, like I said before, GP has was good. For I most just of the explained why. He hardly played with Tinnerholm. There's no more hardly. overlapping because Tavon doesn't overlap because Tavon doesn't get forward. No, that's a tactical decision. That's not a Tavon Gray problem. That's Cushing telling. Like I said, I agree with. Doug, I think this is the deal that's going on. He's telling Tavon to stay back. And that's, that it, still that's got hindering a goals GP. And assists, even with but that's not on Tavon. That's on Cushing. That's on the coach. It's, it's not on Tavon, but it's messing up, Gabby. I mean, yes. It's not Tavon's false, but... Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gab, Gabby feels the lack of support on, down that right-hand side. All of our attacks are coming down the left. We've been seeing it all season. They're all doing it which is probably why we're playing piss poor to be completely honest how many so touches i have it up right now how many touches do you think gp had in this match touches touches on the ball the entire I, match probably not a lot how many probably not a lot throw out a number how many i don't fucking know the number but probably i would 12. say the least out of any attacking player is that accurate 12. 22 touches in the entire match 20, so what does that tell you 22 touches what does that tell you joe that he's not that he's not getting the ball you? yeah and why is that? Because we're not playing down the right side. Whose fault is that? It's not even that we're not it's playing down the right side. It's Cushing's fault. It's not even that we're not Joe. playing down the right side. The ball's not even ending up on the right side. Because I, I can see no, I just, attacking down the left and then moving the ball centrally and then getting the ball to the right. It's just not even Joe. getting there. No, I want this or that answer. Whose fault is that? Well, it's, a ta it's tactics, but the reason why Cushing is telling Tavon not to who get is, forward is because Tavon is not good at getting forward. <laughs> That's why he's telling us back. Tell us, tell us who. But, tell us who is is giving them instructions. Tell us who. But, but 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 the team played better last year when Tavon was given the freedom to move up. There's no objective proof that you can give me right now that Tavon is a liability to the team if he even moves into an advanced position. You can say that he's not as adept offensively as other fullbacks in the past, like an Anton Tinnerholm. You could say that he's not as adept as maybe other options that we could explore as a Misha Ilinich is, but he's never been a liability to the team when he's in an advanced position. As a matter of fact, we now have, it's a small sample size, but we now have objective proof that GP is better when he moves up the pitch. Do we not? But his ineptness is the liability. <laughs> I give up. I'm done. I'm going back to my beer. Move on. No, no. In yeah. fact, in fact, the, in fact, the little time, like, like the 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 few times we've seen Tavon up the field. Uh, I'm gonna go back to the 2021, the the playoffs. He got the assist to Santi's goal, and he drew the foul of that one as the free. Oh kick my god! Not ball. one assist the in his entire that... fucking career with NYCFC. One time. Oh my god! No, no. <laughs> he barely no. goes up. He barely goes up. He's more no. defensive player. Joe, but this is the thing that, that you're you're so you're being so disingenuous right now because and you're just you just don't want to be wrong here. This is the problem right now because Tavon Gray historically has not proven to be a detriment to this team as a whole if he's allowed to move up the pitch. This is a myth, and he's it, not it, good it, at passing. The proof is in the pudding, Joe. When did we play better? When did GP play better? When Tavon was allowed? To move up the pitch, or since he's been told no, stay, stay, don't go. It's when it's when, it's when Tavon's been up there. No, but you guys are forgetting when even when Tavon was allowed to go up the pitch, he wasn't good at going up the pitch. He's not he's, an attacking he's fullback. Eight, 
He doesn't need to be. He needs someone to utilize interplay with. He needs to be able to have some... GP needs to have somebody to play one-twos with. He's not even listening to me anymore, because in case you can't see this, well, the podcast listeners can't see this, Joe's being... His wife is telling him off. His wife is telling him off. His wife is telling him he's wrong, too. So leave Tavon Gray alone. (laughs) Uh, Tavon Gray is a center back, and he's a fucking shit right back. I'm just going to come out and say it. it That's that's wrong. That's wrong. You're wrong, Joe. He's a bad bad right back. He's bad. I wish just one day you could... uh, The day that Joe says, you know what, guys? You got it right. I've got this one wrong. I am going... The the hell will freeze over. Nietzsche Olenek is a better right back than Tavon Gray. I'm not saying Michiel Ilinich is a is, is 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 isn't a better offensive option going forward. That's not what I'm saying. Nobody has said that. You're saying that. I haven't said anything uh, about Michiel Ilinich being worse or better than Tavon Gray. Nobody has. What I'm saying is that allowing Tavon Gray to get into an advanced position has never detri- has been a detriment to this team. As a matter of fact, he was allowed to get forward in 2021. And we have an MLS Cup to show for it. You can say that he's not great at crossing the ball or something like that. But the thing is, GP is only going to be as good as much support he has in his immediate vicinity. And who he can play the ball off of to get one-twos, to get balls into the box, to get balls directly at his feet. Just so he can create or create space for himself. He's not getting that right now because our right back is being told, sit here right next to the center back. And I'm th- that's the reason why. We are not playing down the right at all. And there is no data in this team that you can pull up. And I challenge you to do it for me. That you can pull up that says we are worse than Tavon's allowed to leave. Because I can't pull up his passing because his pass machine is going to be crazy high. Because guess who he passes to all the time? His fucking center backs because he doesn't pass the ball forward. <laughs> that's, because, that's because he's playing back with his center back. He's so sitting, conversation, sitting next to the center back. Going nowhere. I think we just need to move on. This conversation all right. Nowhere. So Richie Ledesma comes on at 68. From 68 to 90 plus, he has 14 touches to 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 uh, to GP's uh, 22 touches in 68 minutes. Um, no, has nothing to show for it. Yeah, has nothing to show for it. He's so absolutely. I, I thought it was a pretty uh, a pretty pedestrian performance. I mean, granted, I mean you have to take it into account. He just got here. He's trained with them like three times before this game. Um, we, uh, there was speculation. I mean, I was speculating during during pre match, like, oh, do we see a Ledesma cameo? Like, what do we see? Like, how long do we see him come on for? Um, and he, it's it's obviously going to take some time for him. I mean, because he played for Real Monarchs, but that's not MLS. That's USL Pro or whatever, which is a much slower game. Um, and he's obviously played with PSV, but MLS is a different animal than than any other league in the world. Um, so it's going to take a little time for for Ledesma to kind of get his feet wet. Um, also. Once he came on, I was very confused as to, like, where people were playing. Like, Santi drifted out wide. Was he playing central? Was he playing on the right? Like, it was just, it was very clusterfuckish, I guess, is a way to describe it. After he came on, because I was like, whose position is where? I don't know, like, who's doing what? Um, and I'm sure that I'm sure the players were like also like I don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And that kind of looked, I mean, it kind of showed you what our second half looked like. Although... I don't like the fact that after we go down 1-0, and then obviously that was at 55, and we make substitutions at 68 with Ledesma coming on, it wasn't until we went down 1-0 that we saw a little bit of a fire lit under the attacker's ass. Like, oh, hey, we, 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 we got we to gotta do something now. We got to find a way to, to get this goal back. Um, where was that fire from minute 
the start of the game to minute 55 until when we got scored on. Like, why, too, too little, too fucking late. Why does it, it take until we concede for them to fucking wake up on the road and decide, like, oh, hey, we need, we need to play now? Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, what did, what did you guys think about? I mean, I know it's, it's, a, it's a very short sample size, only from 68 to 90 plus. Um, what did you guys, I mean, I thought it was pedestrian. What did you guys think about Ledesma's? Like, he only had 14 touches and he completed. Uh, seven for seven passes. So I mean, his passing was was incredibly accurate. Um, he even had a shot that was blocked. Remember, I, I think he, got, he took a shot from outside the eighteen that was blocked by a defender. Um, so I mean, he looked. He, uh, he, he oh, he's also um, um he's the uh, de facto corner kick taker when he's on the field, I guess. Because um, he was he was hitting some some crosses. They weren't exactly great corners. Um, but what would you guys think of uh of Rich Ledesma's uh, cameo at the end of the match here? Did 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 absolutely nothing. Nothing. Nothing of note. I mean, the, 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 I mean, I guess that kind of falls also on the system and how we really played throughout the whole match. Uh, showed absolutely nothing. He just, he just, he just kind of came on a sinking ship, uh, trying to do his best, and you know he's got nothing to show for it. So uh, you can't really put too much, too much critique into the, into this uh, to this kid. You know, this is his first game. He's only had like what, like probably like what, like a half half the week in New York. And trained three times with the with the team, and then came to Houston. Uh, his first fifteen minutes in MLS, so you can't really can't really judge him too much. It's just it's just his first game, and you know. And, the, and to be fair, the whole team's been playing like shit the, throughout the whole game, so you can't really put too much on it. That's that's my take on on the on on Ledesma yesterday. Doug, what do you think about Ledesma's yeah. appearance? Hundred percent. If it wasn't for the fact that he was just signed and the hype that he's come in, you wouldn't be talking about it. I mean, there was nothing there. there was, but and it's not even his fault. There was nothing. The team. There was nothing going on. I mean, you, you mentioned the corner kicks. The corner kicks. Did we ever get a single touch on any of the corner kicks that came in, or any of the set pieces from uh, fouls outside the box? We never touched the ball. Like it, it, the second half was just so useless. In fact, in fact, the the one shot we had on target came off a corner kick, but it only came because the. The defense was was trying to clear in, and it just fell a tape on Gray, and he just had a shot because it was like what, like the ninety seventh minute, and he he was desperate to get a shot in. You know, I'm I'm in I mean, this is probably going to be the one subject of the game that we're all on complete agreement on. Uh, no, uh, once Ledesma came on, we I did we didn't see much for him. As a matter of fact, he was borderline invisible at certain points of the game, and I forgot he was even there. <laughs> However. Uh, however, you know, to be fair, he's he's ju- he just arrived. Literally, he's literally just got off the plane a few days ago. Uh, he's training in the freezing, like in the cold in New York, and then has to is expected to produce off the bench. He's, and, he's going and from like mid forties weather in New York to like eighties well, in Houston. I was about to get there, Dobby. Relax, let's slow your horses. Um, uh, yeah, no, to have to, like, train in, like, the cold, and then your first match off the bench in a li- limited, like, 20-minute cameo in the humidity and heat of Houston. Because even though it's, like, you know, 75 at that point in Houston and not exactly hot, hot, it, Texas is pretty humid. So, you know, it, it's and, – and, but I don't want to use the weather as an excuse. He just – we didn't see a good performance from anybody last night. There was no good performances. There's no silver lining about the performance yesterday. And you're not going to find that in Ledesma. Sands might have done like decently at you know defensively at center back, but outside of that, compared to what we've been seeing him do in the midfield for the past three weeks, it was it was relatively unremarkable. There was nothing. There was no there was no performances of note either in the starting eleven or the uh, you know the subs that happened. There was no there was no difference fact 
it, it, I, I don't want to beat on him too much because it is going to take a bit of an adjustment. Like I said about Kufre, it perhaps I'm being a bit too harsh, and that's a completely fair assessment of my evaluation of Kufre's performance. Because I, I do I do forget sometimes that Kufre is arriving from a different league, a different system, a different team. I don't want to say speaking a different language because most of the players in this team do speak Spanish. Um, and there's Spanish staff members as well to help him along. Um, I just Well, well it's not predominantly Portuguese. No, well, sure. But uh, they're, they're, most players on the team do seem to be able to speak Spanish. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Santi, Mati. Yeah, and I'm pretty, sure a lot of the, I'm pretty sure a lot of the Brazilians do as well. Um uh, just, yeah, no, I just, relatively pedestrian performance from Ledesma, but it, it's hard to extrapolate anything significant from his appearance, especially in a game that wasn't necessarily going right before he, he showed up. So uh, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to say that this appearance is a complete wash and that we got to wait for next week uh, when he hopefully gets a few more minutes and we don't decide to start finally making changes with only 20 minutes remaining in a game that we've been trailing for 20 minutes at that point and we also have to see how he does in the home stretch because you know that's like typically where nycfc players break out and like where they show who they really are and how they really fit into the system because that that is the perfect environment for our system on the small technical confines of Yankees. he gets he gets the hard pass this week like he just we're gonna i'm gonna abstain from giving him any kind of significant like evaluation well this week. so he just he just he just gets a pass this week that's all are you okay joe no i think the fire alarm went off in his apartment complex oh. all right well uh so we're, while we're hoping that joe doesn't uh doesn't burn <laughs> in front of our eyes um uh are, are you okay joe yeah, my wife's cooking hamburgers, and I guess there's smoke. So that was that, that the fire alarm went oh, okay. right behind me. All right, um, it was, oh, right, yeah. it was rather, rather loud, <laughs> and then it echoed in my mic, and I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I was going to say was, is that um, all right, yeah. So Ledesma comes on at 68, and it, it seemed like a like for like with Gabi. It seemed like he was playing on the wing, but then at 78, Tiago Andrade comes on for Morales, and that kind of confused me uh, because that, that's not obviously not a like for like. So then now. The formation is kind of like, what the hell is going on here? Because we're taking out a central midfielder, bringing on a winger. So like, I don't, I don't really know what that, and and, and obviously nothing even really came of it. Like, because Tiago, Tiago should have came on way earlier, and, and even the announcers were calling for it. They're like, uh, the uh, the, uh, NYCFC has no vertical threat. Um, so they're and they're like, someone like Tiago and could 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 provide that, like on the bench. Like, when is he when is he going to come on? I mean, and then to, kind of, to be honest, Andrade is really the only sub on the bench currently that actually brings something. Like, if you were to bring him into a game, yeah. So then he comes on, but like, he comes on for for Alfredo. So then, like, I don't even know. I don't even know what the formation looks like after he comes on because, like, it's like so now Parks is, think, is alone. I think perhaps, I think perhaps that's when we shifted to the four four two that you see on on the screen right now. Yeah, and then and then at eighty five, so like so from seventy eight to eighty five, nothing really of note happens, right? And then at 85, we have a double substitution where we bring Kevin O'Toole on for Kufre, which is like for like. And then Jason on for Pellegrini, which I guess is like for like-ish, like for like adjacent. Because Jason is positionless. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't really know. He just comes on to get fouled no matter where he plays. 
Um, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, you know, you're down bad when you have Andres Jason whipping in crosses in the 96th minute. Yeah, but like, but you look at the substitutions. Like, who else were we gonna freaking bring on? Like, Seagal wasn't even in the in the in the in the 18 this match. He wasn't even there. He wasn't even someone we can bring on bring onto the field. He's probably Seagal's just there to fill in the numbers. To be honest, well, well Seagal's probably been like the NYCFC two seasons about to start, and that's probably the plant they got for him. That's probably why he's not with a team like this past week. He's probably assimilating himself into the NYCFC two squad. He's he they've pretty much made it abundantly clear that he's a reserve player. Yeah, um, or at least a long term project. So then they, they're not. The last right the now. last ten minutes plus stoppage time, it was like kind of just like throwing throwing darts at the wall and hoping that something hits. Like there was no semblance of like an attacking identity. It was just like let's lump shit forward and try to steal steal a shot, create a half opportunity, and nothing was really working. And the only the only I mean outside of Santi's run and 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 uh, earlier in the game and curler from from the corner of the eighteen that didn't land within five yards of the of the of getting in the goal. Um, the only shot, authentic shot on frame that we had was was that what you had the little cluster pop out and our right back hitting a, a thunder strike from from outside the eighteen, which went right to the goalie. Had he picked a post or a corner or even hit it a little bit lower, maybe it maybe something happens, maybe like a deflection or a, a save or something. But he hits it right right to the goalkeeper. Um, couldn't make it made it made it any easier for the keeper. Um, and then at the end of the game, I mean, I don't, I remember, I remember the Barraza yellow card, but what, what did Gray get a yellow card for? Was it for a tackle or or, or what? He, 90, it, it was, it was for a late challenge. 90, it was unnecessary. Ninety but, plus three, Gray gets a yellow card, and then Barraza. Yeah, Bra- yeah, I, I remember. It was, it was, it was like. It was, like, on his side of the pitch. I think it was a throw or some shit. It was, like, late on in the game. And, like, one of the Houston players, like, they, they just passed the ball. And Tavon Gray with an unnecessary late oh, tackle. Yep, I mean, the, the, yep, the yep. ball was already 15 feet behind him. Yep, I and remember he now. didn't need to go in for that challenge. Yeah, and then, uh, the, 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 I mean, the funniest yellow card of the game was was Barraza um, getting caught in no man's land with uh, with Ache Ache and uh, and uh, old man Herrera trying to sh- trying to fake spin and shake him, and then Barraza just like legitimately legitimately rugby tackling him down to the ground. I I mean, I was kind of scared at that moment that it was going to be a, a dog so because uh, it was just them. Uh, I, granted, it's forty yards from net, but it was. There was no, there was nobody else over there, and they were on the sideline. I was, I was, I was just waiting for uh, Ache Ache to just chip us from midfield. Yeah, I, I was I'm kind not... of say ready here something like a little bit like weird. Uh, I was actually hoping it would be a red card, so we didn't have to see him <laughs> next week. So that we <laughs> actually, actually no, no, now that now that you bring that up, I actually thought we were going to sub up Barraza because Barraza well, yeah, went down with like yeah, so he got injured. He injured. hurt his groin, but he finished. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually. That's not the first goalkeeper that we've actually seen do that. Sean Johnson, a few, a few, uh, a few times in the last season, he actually pulled up his groin, and I actually thought that we were going to have to sum him off uh, a few times when, when he did pull his groin for Barraza. So, I think, uh, I think, and the camera was also looking at Freeze. Freeze was yeah. warming up, so I, so I genuinely thought Freeze was going to get his chance. Is, I think, I think Barraza secretly knows that his job isn't so set in stone yet, so he feels that he needs to be on the pitch as much as possible if he can even if he thinks he even has a remote chance of competing and not being a detriment and not embarrassing himself. He's going to stay out because he knows that free. He, he's only five games into his starting career with the team, and even though Barraza, like we talked about it in the space a little bit, even though Barraza was likely given some assurances preseason by the team that. 
he would be given a shot at it after being a backup for so many seasons. Um, I think he also knows that if he does, if he lets go of, for even one second and isn't able to play and Freeze is able to come in and then Freeze absolutely goes nuts, uh, you know, his, his ass is grass and his job is gone. And so I, I think that, you know, I respect Barraza for being, for his gamesmanship and for being in there and for toughing it out for the rest of the game. And to be fair, I don't think he looked poor for the rest of the game, but I do think he looked poor at every moment before that. I don't think, I, I wasn't, I, I, I don't think he played well. I don't think his distribution is good. Um, his shot stopping is okay when it's shot right at him. But other than that, I haven't seen him actually have to like actually lay I, I out. Think, I think his, his, distrib his distribution in that the 2021 season and then the, and the Campionis Cup is, was actually pretty decent. But but for some reason, the, the shoot's actually been pissed poor. Larry, Atlas was like, what? Like, they were awful at that point in the season. It, 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 one one in ten, same form as us. So I, I have Barraza's distribution stats for this game. Um, he was thirty six of forty two with accurate passes, which is eighty six percent. And then the telling one is the accurate long balls, three for eight, thirty eight percent accuracy with long balls. And he only made one yeah, save. Not... He only made one save this match. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, he wasn't called into action that much. Uh, one of the shots went off the crossbar, and the other shot, and their goal was a penalty. Overall, he didn't have much to do because Houston's attack was not very good. And uh, it was, and it was, it was a good penalty as well. He guessed the right way, so nothing uh, much he could do. Well, no, yeah, he guessed the, he guessed the right way, but he didn't get anywhere near saving it at all. Um, I mean, the ball yeah, went cause, off. Yeah, because that's a good penalty. Nobody's saving it. Yeah, but, he, yeah, but he didn't, he didn't even get close to it. Like supposed to be, Barraza supposed to be the superior athlete. And like we've seen Bro, goalkeepers, you could, you could like, have you could have prime Joe, Manuel Neuer in goal for that penalty, and he's not saving. I'm not saying perfect. save it, but he wasn't even close. He it's guessed like, the right way and wasn't close at penalty. all. That's because it's a good penalty. Okay, did I say I expect him to save it? I just said he wasn't even close. I'm expecting okay. more okay. athleticism that means, that means from an athletic goalkeeper. I mean, it was a good penalty. Okay, okay, Doug, how do you evaluate Baraz's performance? My friend, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it seems real sus. I I totally agree with you that he he knows he's under the fire and he knows he's got to perform. And if he comes out and Freeze gets a couple stops and something happens and somehow we win, next game Freeze starts, he might never he might not get back in again. I mean, there's there's nothing that I've seen here which is I'm like this is our guy and he's the guy we need to go going forward. I mean, all I heard about in the past is that he's great with his feet and that's supposed to be one of his prime attributes, better than Sean Johnson, and I haven't really seen that yet. I think just it's a downgrade there. from Sean Jones uh, in that regard, honestly. I mean, so yeah. far, he, it looks like it. Uh, no, uh, I think he has a big stature. He doesn't, I, I don't, he doesn't really like commanding presence. The only thing I do like, though, is he doesn't put his hand up every time uh, Heath calls for an offsides. So <laughs> he does have that. I do, I do want to ask you guys a question. What's up, Davi? No, no, now that we've touch on the goalkeeper situation do you guys still think freeze beats up Barraza at the end of the season do you think i don't know freeze because i haven't seen freeze play i i don't know we haven't seen him play we don't know just freeze just, might just 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 give me a guess yes or no it's hard it's no, five matches I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to give you a guess because i haven't seen enough of him play he might come in and be worse i don't know how he's going to play but the thing is i'm not con all i'm saying is that i'm not convinced by Barraza at this point now at the end of the day Maybe we see Freeze play a few games. I, I've already said it. I don't see him playing a game until the U.S. Open Cup because I think the team made promises to Barraza, and I feel like they they feel like they owe him 
for make for him having to back up and not play that much over the course of several seasons. You want to reward somebody for sticking around. You want to reward that loyalty. I get it, and it's probably I probably would do the same thing. However, I hope not. I hope no, not. Uh, no, yeah. no, no rewards. You just whoever's playing best should be playing. That's it. Well, but the thing is, I with. agree with you. I agree with you. But the thing is, I don't think we see freeze until the U.S. Open Cup. However, I do think that if I'm the manager right now, um. Once we get back home, because I think you let Barraza finish out the away stretch and play the game next week, I think once you get to Yankee Stadium and the comfortable confines where your team isn't going to be playing at a disadvantage, I think, um, yeah, no, I think Free should earn a spot start here. The thing is, it's very hard with goalkeepers because, like I was explaining last night, goalkeepers typically have to play for a prolonged period of time due to the due to how, like, passive the, the position is for most of the game it's not like a midfield position or an attacking position or even a center back position or defending position rather where players are going to be on the ball for prolonged periods of time and are going to show their metal in that regard and show their ability for prolonged you, you, periods of time you only see their quality when they're called on only, called upon yes you're only going to see their quality when they actually have to stop shots and actually have to dis- like truly distribute like in like tough areas and i mean on the, on it's white wait and and there there's going to be games where the goalkeeper is going to be standing there sitting on the ground like little league and picking out dandelions because they're so bored because there's going to be games where you're dominated and they're not going to be called into action at all so it's very hard goalkeepers you pretty much have to commit to them like at least a third of a season in order to get a true a truly like sub- significant sample size for like what they do well and how how they're going to perform when under pressure yeah, that five games isn't enough it's just not i'm not gonna lie like some some of the shots that barraza faced i mean he's kind of like he's kind of like stumbling a bit he's kind of he doesn't have like complete control well, over the, the ball he's, he's... so outside of the of, of of the season opener we we're absorbing way too much pressure against nashville and really no keeper would have like fared well in a game like that the, uh there, there the, was one the, shot that comes to mind was dc when it was like deflected and like he tried to like it well, looked like he is, shot the ball but he's kind of like fluffed okay, it a bit. Well, okay, okay so so for one benteke's shot is unsavable it's a header from point blank range on a completely on a i'm, completely not, I'm not talking about the header. i'm talking about a shot in the first half what shot in the first half it, it was against dc was, like, was he where he made the, like, the, shot the double save kind of wasn't huh was it where he made the double save no, no, no! It was the first half. It was like it was like there was like a shot coming from like the right wing. Well, I already know they like, didn't score on it, so what's the issue? Well, he he should have done better there. He kind of fumbled was with the, the ball a the, bit. What do you it, mean he should have done better there? The, the, it, it, if if it didn't go in, that means it wasn't on target. The burn. And if he didn't make a save, the burn wasn't on target. It, it, the burn bomb goal was preventable. The ball and he wasn't. The burn bomb goal was preventable against DC. On on his on his end. Because uh, that looks like that looks like an absolute def- failure on a set piece. Oh no, it was. Yeah, no, it was. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it was 100 Barraza's fault, but I mean, on a corner kick, a, a, a basic header from not even inside the six yard box. It. it, it I mean, I. I but once again, I don't put any either of those goals in that DC game on Barraza. They're both defensive failures, and they're both shots from close range, high percentage shots that most keepers would be fortunate to save. Like, like it's just you can't react from a sh- from shots from that range. You just can't. It, they, were, they, they were just good headers. Good. Especially when Benteke is shaping his headers to hit the inside of the far Benteke's post. Benteke's goal was, was difficult, but the, the burn bomb one was pretty rudimentary and standard. 
Does, from a saving point, or do you think that maybe Burbomb was just able to put a beautiful header into the area because it, he basically went unimpeded and ran through Keaton Parks to get it and had a shit ton of pace on it? I don't think you could put that goal on Barraza either. Yeah, you can't have a it, shit ton of pace on a fucking header. Man. Like... Yes, you can. That ball went in. Th yes, you can. What are you talking not, about? Not more than you can have with your foot. Joe, did you see that finish? It was it was it, a, it was far post, which is what every attacker is taught, and a goalkeeper should know that he's going far post and like make an attempt to make a fucking save, which he made was, no attempt. It was, it was far post and headed down into the ground that made it go faster into the corner, but but that but that doesn't fall on Barraza. Barraza could do nothing there. You guys fucking treat Barraza with kick gloves and frustrates the fuck. I'm a goalkeeper. I'm a goalkeeper trainer. Go train his ass. <laughs> uh, what did I say before the season started? Who was my pick to go for to, to be the number freeze. one? It was free. And what have I been saying for this entire podcast? Have I been praising Barraza? Have I been no. showering him with love and appraisal and saying, oh my god, Barraza, you're our number one. I love you. No, no but no, every goal no, that he back, concedes, no, you guys are like, oh, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Not his fault. Not his fault. Like, some goals are his fault. No, because the DC goals for sure. I thought he was piss poor against Chicago. I thought he was piss poor last night. The that, that that first Nashville goal, he could do nothing better. But yeah, uh, well, uh, that's we're, we're done talking. We're not bringing up Nashville again. Oh, fine. Right, uh, fine. Uh, yeah, no, we're not doing that again. What else you got, Joe? I mean, I'm 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 ready to, I'm ready to put this this match behind me and, and look forward to. Uh, I mean, I I think we have a super super tough game this weekend. Um, up in New England, we do not do well up in New England, and they're top of the fucking East right now. They're number one seed in the East. They are hot. And it's on turf. They are hot. Does anybody have an NYCFC source about a striker? <laughs> um, so, so, okay, so we were talking about the striker position yesterday. That game isn't dependent on whether or not you have a striker. As a matter of fact, it, it, like this is going to be controversial to Davi because he bitches about it every single game, and it might even be controversial to Joe. I think the, ne the necessity for a left-footed center back that isn't playing out of position on the left side of the defense is a way bigger need for this team than a striker because we've already proven that we can typically score by committee uh, with, with last week's game and, and also the, the tail end of last year in general. Um, right now, defensively, we look kind of disjointed and I feel like if you have a, a left-footed center back that can actually play up to the standards that the team wants, you can put Sands into the midfield where he has proven to be a game-changer. We cannot deny the fact that this team has significantly improved since James Sands has come back into the fold. Like, not by a small bit, by a lot. Uh, he, he, he seems to be the glue in that midfield. And I feel like if we have James Sands in the midfield last night, I think it's a different game. I would agree, but I do think the striker up front. We need to put Magno on the left. This Magno experiment is just complete well, shit. I agree, but I, I think we might have the answer for that internally. I feel like we could probably afford to put Tiago in the middle and then and then put Talos on the left. I think well, that's much so, more optimistic. I agree. I, I agree with that. I agree with you that a left center back is important. Like we need a, a quality left center back, and that will shore up maybe these defensive lapses about us uh, kind of conceding goals at, at an alarming rate, um, uh, at least in certain games. But on top, like with you saying about the like not being worried about scoring goals and and, and having a goal scoring by committee, um, that has shown to 
uh, at least in the in the DC game, it has shown to be something that can happen at home. And I'm not worried about scoring goals at home, but we've only scored one goal away from home. One okay. goal away. Okay, I understand that, but here's the thing: Three games, last night wasn't goal. okay. But last night wasn't a failure to wasn't necessarily a failure to score as much as it was a failure to build up play to put your players uh, in. It, the it, was, it was just a failure in the system Davi, in general. Davi, Davi, please. I, I, it was not so much a failure to score as much as it was a failure to put our play, players in a position where they could succeed and score. Like we said, we generated no like real high percentage chances. I would I would say that Santi's like situation was he should have scored that, but it's also still outside the box. We were not getting any. We were not being. There was no play last night that would have resulted in Tati scoring a goal if that if we had built up the play like that. Maybe like a header though. There was, a, there was a play. Goal. There was a play early in the game where I tweeted out Tati scores that. It was a service into Talis Magno and he made a meal of it. There was a service. From, I mean, there was a service was from, the, from, the, from the no, okay. it wasn't. There was a service from the left flank to the middle of the middle of the okay. of the six, and Talis just didn't do anything with it. Okay. 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 Yeah, it was Listen. Offside. We did not create enough significant Tati chances. Still scores it. We did not create enough significant chances last night where a strike having a striker or someone who could score makes a difference. We did not. We did not create enough. We 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 didn't build up the play. We, uh, we didn't. And having a striker does not change the result last night. It just doesn't. Build not having Alfredo Morales who looks slow and old in the midfield, not having him in there and having James Sands. Yeah, that changes the game. Not restricting Tavon Gray to below the fucking halfway line. Yeah, that probably changes the game and allows Gabby to get more involved in the play and the buildup. Yeah, that probably changes the game. Not having a striker or someone who's capable of scoring. You, if you are counting on your team scoring from one, maybe half chance created in a game, you've already failed. That's a loss. Because we're also forgetting that Tati Castellanos is not a clinical goal scorer. He was not. He wasn't. In what world was he? I mean, I, I, think, he was, no, I, he, I think he was pretty funny. He created but... so much offense. Yeah, I, 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 he was streaky. He ate his own offense. He creates his own offense. He yeah, brings he creates his own so offense. Much... But for every single goal that he scores, he has four misses where you're just like, holy shit, but how do you even it's, miss that? It's in the how same game, though. Fired. Like He was he was scoring at an insane clip. Insane clip. Because he's, the vol because he's a volume shooter and he's being put in positions to score. Yes, but it's he's it's, it's in the same game though. Score. So he's scoring like almost every single fucking game. Like it's How a volume, else? but it's at least every game. This plays into my point, Joe. If you would let me finish the point, you would know this. How many opportunities did we have to score last night? He, How many? But Tati makes his own opportunities. Tati will get himself a shot. Tati will get himself. Tallis decides he wants to do the N one mixtape soccer tour and do stepovers and and flicks and and fancy Brazilian shit. Okay, okay, but here's the thing. Not having a striker did not affect this adversity last night. That wasn't our issue. Our issue was having no buildup and no presence in the midfield. Our midfield play was awful. Keaton Parks had arguably the worst game I've ever seen him play in blue. Alfredo Morales, you can say the same thing for him. When your midfield is fundamentally broken, your team is done. The midfielder is the most important aspect of any team in football if you don't believe me look at us playing with maxi morales versus us playing without maxi morales that is the most important position on the pitch and last night both of our midfielders failed us failed us 
I love Keaton Parks. He is overall a phenomenal player, but last night is one of the worst performances I've ever seen him put in since he joined this team. The same can be said for Alfredo. And had we had James Sands in there to be a, a solidifying and stable force in that midfield, something that Alfredo and Keaton were not last night, I believe the game changes. And yes, maybe we do create a bunch of more chances, and maybe we put at le away at least one. I think it's a when you're it's, it's a startling indictment that we're clamoring for a defensive midfielder to come and stabilize our central midfield. And it's, 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 it's also it's also an indictment on Santiago Rodriguez's abilities because he's the ten. But no, but it's not an indictment because the midfield is a very important position, and we have guys on the team. Wait, but, we have guys on the team that we know can do the job, such as Sands and Keaton. Keaton had an off game; he wasn't there last night, and Sands wasn't playing his right position. He was playing in the back back four on the left side. Yeah, but Sands is a six. He doesn't really get forward too much. It doesn't matter. Alfredo, what didn't play? Did Alfredo play good at the six last night? No. Was Alfredo good? He was poor, right? I mean, his, no, I mean, his stats weren't that bad, but he completed a lot of passes. He made a lot of tackles. I mean, where? Backwards? Maybe. Yeah. Pass back FC. Uh, yeah. Yeah. James Sands doesn't pass backwards all, all that uh, as much. He 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 progresses the ball, does he not? Is that not a strength of his game, moving the ball progressively? To Keaton Parks yeah. in a more advanced position who usually breaks the line with a pass of his own? Is that not how yeah, we won last week? I mean, it's not like we lost 10-0 yesterday though. It's the going forward side of things where we suck. The yes, attacking the side of things. Yes, no, I agree with you, Doug, but but going forward, that's a mit Listen, I, I was just, I'm so glad that you brought this up because, so I play a lot of pro clubs in FIFA and we were playing today and we were talking about situations because, so pro clubs is basically FIFA's version of 11 v 11. And we were talking about a game that we had, a nil-nil draw yesterday that we had as a team in our league. And we only generated one shot in that game. And I was saying, as somebody who was playing the wing in that game, I was like, that's not a failure of the striker because the striker can only score as many chances as he's getting. If we're only generating one shot, if we're only generating one situation in a game where you're comfortable enough to shoot in the first place, assuming that you're even comfortable when you shoot it, that's a problem in the buildup. And where does the buildup start? The midfield. That's the, that's the biggest part of it. And we didn't have that yesterday. And uh, would you disagree that Keaton Parks arguably put in his worst shift ever since put since joining this team that's the worst i've ever seen him no i agree with your point and but uh, it just perhaps it's the personnel of the, the target who you're going for the types of chances we could create because the no. passing t through the team's not going to happen right now and i and i agree with that i do agree that this team needs a striker however in my opinion i believe a much more dire need for this team is a left-footed center back who's playing in position at the left side of the defense because i think that's a huge Collins was a huge part of our team and, and how we were able to play. Like, like Chanel looks awkward this year. Granted, we haven't failed defensively quite just yet. The most goals we've given up in the game is two. And that was the first game of the season. But yeah, no, I just... I, it, 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 last night is a very layered and a very nuanced situation. And it's very hard to pinpoint one thing. I don't think... I personally don't think having a striker changes things. I, I just I want a striker and a left center back on both. Yeah, and a new I'll head take coach, both. But we're not getting a new head coach. Yeah, me too. I'll take both. Yeah, I'll take but both. But I, I want a new head coach too. But we know that's not happening. All right, I think it yeah. is time to put the nail in the Houston coffin and uh, transition and, and finally and focus our energies to, here, to this weekend's match against New England. 
let's uh, let's go around the horn here and give our final thoughts. Let's start with the guest, Mr. Doug Condon. I hope we don't suck. <laughs> hope we're good. That's my thought. <laughs> very, very insightful, very deep. Uh... <laughs> to the point, I like it. It, yeah, not, it's it's, consi- no it's concise. It's to the point. I hope we don't suck. Um, is is uh, is I, I mean, really, that's I mean, really, that's that's uh, the entire fan base is that's uh, what we're thinking back in our uh, back of our head is. I hope we don't suck because uh, soccer is a lot more fun when we're good. <laughs> are my week- I told you I had all the I had all the, the stats. I hope we don't suck. My week my weekends are a lot more fun when we win games, or at least when we put in good shifts. Uh, this was uh, it, it 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 really it it, it drains you because. You you wait all week. There's there's this anxiety all week. It's like oh it's like it's game day this weekend. Like a big big match. Excited to watch NYCFC. And then and then when we when we go in and put that put in that forty five and then put in that ninety, and we come we we come away with a away loss one zero looking just impotent and disjointed and just not a shell of our of ourselves for the past two weeks. It just it it takes a lot out of you as a fan. It's like fuck. Like I waited all week for that. You brought it. You brought up you brought up a really good point last night, Joe, when you were saying, imagine like being a fan who's going to the game away and paying all that money for lodging, plane tickets, the tickets to the actual game. Imagine imagine spending like close to a grand, like seven hundred dollars, like probably bare minimum. Yeah. To like including your trip back, you got to come back home to watch that. That's piss poor. It's one of the reasons why I don't travel that far for away yeah, games. I was like, I just. If it's, I, just, if, it's not economically responsible. If I didn't have if I didn't have some gastro gastro problems, um, I was gonna go to the game this week uh, this past weekend in Houston because my wife has family down there and I was like it's warm like let's let, and we and also we like we we've been performing pretty good at the past two home games. I was pretty high. We were all pretty high. Like yeah, like we're gonna go to Houston. We're gonna fuck them up. Like it's gonna be a good match. If I would have paid seven hundred bucks for me and my wife to travel to Houston to witness that fucking bullshit, you know, how pissed I would have been. I pay seven hundred bucks right? every home game. Home games are seven hundred bucks. You get three beers, a pretzel. I get my kid a hat. It's seven hundred bucks. <laughs> thank God for gallstones, right, Joe? Yeah, thank God. Thank God I got sick. Thank, <laughs> thank God I was in writhing pain Friday, and I and I couldn't go. Uh, uh, let's save Christian for the end. Davi, Davi, give us your final thoughts. Give us your venomous final thoughts. I'm ready to get out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> get, get, get me a fucking striker, please. Get and a left center back while you're at it. Get me and get me a new head coach. I'm done with this head coach, man. I'm done with it. All right, so here, here's what we, we, we need to we need to record Davi. So because I feel like he just wastes energy and oxygen just saying the same thing at the end of the. So we should just record it so I can just hit play and then he won't even have to fucking do it because he's just yeah. We, we edit it in post. He just he just so just 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 get me a striker. I I I've saved it to the end. So get me a striker. Play better next weekend. Yeah, basically it. Yeah, that's a that's a tall order. Right? That's, that's, a, that's a tall order with the revs on the on the on the on the docket for next for this weekend. I I I don't care. The bar is this low. You could do better. Christian, final thoughts. Uh, piss poor performance. Uh, objectively, I think that's listen. While we can. Uh, disagree on the why all the time we don't disagree on the what you know we were talking about a bad performance last night and uh, we all saw the same thing i almost wanted to click the game off i've never turned off an nycfc game off in my life i even watched the entire 7-0 in 27 2016 believe it or not 
I was willing to take it like a man at that point and just say, you know, tip the cap and just say, hey, you showed up. Uh, yesterday was an embarrassment. I never want to see a performance like that again. It, but it's then breaks that they happen. Um, I'm hoping that we we can regroup, have a better performance next week. Uh, I also want to remind people that you know this team is still one that's still in the reach. I don't. We're still in a rebuilding slash retooling uh, position. So you know the recruitment isn't done. We still got to get through this window, and we still got to get through the summer window. So you know, let's just you know, I'm willing to give give it time because I remember in 2019 I was ready to call for Domi's head. I learned better. I was ready to call for. I, I was calling for Daiwa's head in 2021. One of my last tweets with the Hudson River Blue was hashtag Ronnie out. So and I look pretty stupid for that, don't I? So I'm willing to give. I'm willing to trust the process for now. Uh, yeah, just hopefully a better performance against New England uh, next week, and you know, and then we have the three-game home home stretch after that. So that should be fun too. So, and I'm ready for the I'm ready for our first game at City Field of the year. I'm really excited for that. Even though, you know, I love Yankee Stadium, City Field. We were talking about it last night. The atmosphere is brilliant. Love it. Can't wait to go back there. It's also going to be Gio's first game at uh, our friend Gio. Uh, from the Twitter space, his first game at City Field. Can't wait. Hopefully, uh, everything good. Someone who we should definitely get on the pod and at some point in the future. Yeah, and, and I also hope, and I also hope that in the future, it should NYCFC be doomed to have a repeat performance of this on the road. I hope that Joe catches gallstones again, so he doesn't have to spend the money to go. <laughs> yes, and my my final thoughts. Um, I mean, obviously. Uh, we all suffer from recency bias. Uh, I just uh, I want to get through this week and get to the next match so I can fucking forget about this uh, piss poor Houston performance. Um, it's just it was bad on all fronts. There, there was very very if any limited uh, plus uh, positives uh, to take from this match other than Ledesma getting his first run out and getting getting to experience what it's like to be a part of the the squad. Um, I guess the only positive is that it's over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The positive is that it's yeah. over. And that, and then we, we got through the international break. Uh, Chanel's coming back. Il- Ilyanik's coming back. We won't have to see James Sands in the in the back anymore. He can get back, slot back. Because he, he was putting in um, he was putting in MLS All-11 uh, performances in the midfield uh, prior to him getting having a cover for Chanel. Um, I think that this is a huge indictment. Um, on uh, on the signing of Tony Alfaro, um, with him not coming in to play left center back in this match, is glaringly obvious that he is Vuk Lutinovic 2.0, um, and that he will not really see any game time, um, at least in MLS play, maybe in maybe an Open Cup play. Um, but if Nick Cushing was not comfortable putting a left-footed center back at left center back and putting a right-footed six who masquerades as a center back occasionally, um, if he felt more comfortable putting James Hands back there, then that just shows you that they have zero confidence in Tony Alfaro to be able to put in a 90-minute shift at left center back. Uh, which now also shows you that we need to sign more depth at the left center back um, because Tony Alfaro is not it. Um, not that we not that we thought he was it, but I thought he was at least a, a warm body that can play left center back for 90 minutes of a match and be able to get through it. Um, yeah, uh, pretty somber. Um, over here uh, from uh, from beyond the st- smokestacks after a, after a 1-0 defeat um, taking on the chin in, on, in social media I mean I, I talk a lot of shit with uh, with some of the other Houston podcasts um, I told them that we were going to come in there and fuck them up and uh, we did not so let's turn our turn all of our energies and attention towards uh, a nice little uh, I-95 rivalry with, with the New England Revolution um, that they uh, 
they don't like us too much after us going up there and beating them in the Eastern Conference semifinals uh, in 2021. Um, and let's uh, let's go up there and, and get and get a result. And as always, New York is blue.